Welcome to Any Given Chance Podcast. Stories about passion and sacrifice. What actually goes on behind the scenes in the consistent chase of everything. We're going to bring you some untold stories. Some of people you know, some of people you don't. These stories that we bring on with our guests are nothing short of inspiring and will get you out there chasing your own goals as well. Join me, your host, 3AM365, Matty Menon, as we dive into these incredible stories. And of course, as the podcast grows, so do we together. So stick with us from the start, hit that like and share, subscribe button, get your family and friends involved, and we'll see where we are in 100 podcasts. No days off, no excuses. Massive shout out to our sponsor, Squad Athletica. Guys, this training gears, you've got the training singlets, the shirts, they've got absolutely everything. They've got the 12-inch shorts, the 16, everything that you need for the running. It doesn't stop there. They've got yoga mats, they've got drink bottles, they've got you covered at all bases. I'm telling you, this training gear is rivaling Nike, it's rivaling Under Armour, it's at the forefront. And the best thing about it is it's right here on the Gold Coast. So it's a supportable local business. You can jump over to their Instagram, it's at SQD Athletica. Or you can jump online and check out their shop, Squad Athletica. Go through, select your little things, what you want to buy, new hoodies for winter, whatever training gear you need, and then type in your AGC code at the end, which will give you a little discount. That's AGC in the little coupon code. Can't thank you enough and make sure you get out there and get in your squad gear. Big shout out to one of our sponsors, Black Rose Barbers. That's right. Go see Liam and the boys over at Black Rose Barbers. They're located on Lakeview Boulevard over at Mermaid Waters, right in between the Good Life and the 7-Eleven. Walk out of there feeling a million bucks. The boys can cut hair and he even does the cutthroat razor if you want to feel really fresh and fit on a Friday. You can book online at blackrose.com or you can get on the phone and give them a call, but go support your local business. And the best thing about Black Rose Barber, you can sit in that chair and talk maximum amount of crap. You know why? Because the boys have got the answers. They'll solve the world's problems with you. I'm telling you now, they're a bunch of legends. Go support them. Tell them Matty from AGC sent you. Boom. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Any Given Chance podcast. Guess who I've got here? Ladies and gentlemen, Fitty Boy, how are you? Good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yes. Long story short, we need to throw a shout out to Sarge, watching a few races with him, and he's basically turned to me. He's gone, mate, I've got one for you. You've got to speak to this kid. He's on the path. He's on the up. He's exactly what needs to happen. So, yeah, big shout out to Sarge. Thanks, mate. Yeah, big thanks to him. He's uh, our best hand on the beach, he calls himself. So, he's going around again this year with me. So, that'll be fun. That's funny because he actually said that. He goes, I'm the best handler on the beach. He does (laughs) love telling everyone that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Just give everyone at home. Just just fill them in. What do you do? Yes, my name is Finn Askew. I'm a professional surf Ironman athlete, training three times a day, six days a week. Pretty much this is my full-time thing and I'm putting everything into it and uh, have a bit of career with a bit of surfing that beforehand. And I just really enjoy what I do right now. Mate, that's unreal. How old are you? Where do you come from? I'm 21 years of age. come from a little town in the mid-north coast of New South Wales called Southwest Rocks. So I grew up there and moved up to the Gold Coast three and a half years ago now to chase my professional Ironman career and uh, been enjoying it ever since. Southwest, good surf breaks down there. Yeah, there is some really good waves. Uh, some secret ones too. Yeah. Like some big boys are like, no, a few of the boys down there and they talk about good jail as well. Yeah, there is. Up a few, few sharks too, but yeah. uh, it's all sweet. When did you make a move? When did you come up with Goldie? Three and a half years ago. It was pretty much right before like COVID broke out and I was speaking to the coach up here, Zane Hamill at Service Paradise Surf Up Saving Club and right before we're about to go into sort of all those lockdowns and all those restrictions and that, and he was like, 
mate, he rang me. He's like, do you want to do this? Like, are you serious about doing this? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I'm in an R in that. A young 18-year-old. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, you got to make the call right now because otherwise if you don't do it now, it could be year, year and a half, two years later, you know, like if you get caught down there with the borders and everything like that. So made the call that day. Two weeks later, I was moved up there, living with him and moved up. So it was a quick turnaround. Um, a lot of tears from mum and dad and everything like that. It was, haven't looked back. It was the best decision I've made, yeah. You love the Goldie? Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. enjoy it up here. How good is it? Like, that's what I always say to everyone. No one's from the Goldie. We all come to the Goldie. And we absolutely love it. Like, you'd be hard-pressed to find a couple of locals. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, like, in our surf squad, there's one, like, actual local. Everyone is interstate from South Australia, New South Wales, big. We even got a few Kiwis in that. They come from everywhere, don't yeah. they? This is the place to be for it. One, how good's the weather? And two, it's the Goldie. It's world renowned. Doesn't get any better. You're not swimming, like you said, with 52 great whites. You're not down South Australia, like dodging or freezing, or you're not over WA where you're swimming in a three, four wetty or something like that. Yeah, how good's the Goldie? Mate, it's ideal with conditions. It's the pinnacle of surf sports up here. You know, you can head down to the beach and over like a 10 kilometre radius kind of thing, you have multiple strong surf clubs with the top Ironman and top Ironwomen. It's really the be-all and end-all, and you've got to move up here if you want to be properly competitive. That's right. So, well, let's go back to the beginning. How did you get into it? Who threw you into surf lifesaving? Mum and Dad, it was just always like a thing you pretty much had to do. They were the uh, junior age group manager of the club back down in, at home, and um, it was just we were sort of part of that and always raced and competed in that. But my true love from like a young age was surfing and doing all those comps and that. And then as I grew up, I did a little bit more surfing and then I found my path after a little bit and really loved racing and like being the first across a line, you know, like surf things can be super subjective. It's someone's decision yeah, on how you surfed and like, you know, I got a bit stuck and a bit frustrated with those sort of things at times. So for me, lining up on the line and racing as hard as I can and if you cross the line first, you know, there's no, you That's can't dispute yeah. that. Yeah, it's, it's on you. Even though you've got a team behind you, you're not relying. Really like, I say this in every rugby league, like I always dealt with that as well. Like as good as you could play or, or seven of you could play, the other six in the team could let you down and you come away with an L. Where exactly. those individual sports, diving, cycling, swimming, surf lifesaving, boxing, fighting, as much as the team needs to get you there, you need to have faith and trust in your team. Once you're there, it's you versus you. 100%, yeah. yeah that's one of your biggest competitors, isn't it? And it's a reason why people love individual sports and why some people don't enjoy it. Hey, because there is so much responsibility and, like, pressure people put on themselves and that I just think it keeps me accountable, makes me be I'm super disciplined with it. I'm, like, you know, waking up 4.30 every morning, it just keeps you honest with yourself and you know that if you're probably not getting the results, there's probably a reason. There is, yeah. And it's come to that. It's weird. Like some people always say, you know, the harder you work or the harder you try, the more results come. But you do. Sometimes if you're just banging your head against the wall, doing the same thing on repeat, it's not getting it. So like you said, it doesn't matter how hard you can train, you can always find a reason. Maybe I'm overdoing it. Maybe I'm not running enough. Maybe this is where they're picking me up in this leg. Or something like that. Oh, for sure. I mean, especially in like our sport, like you can break it down like that. But then there's also like we're in one of the most like forever changing environments ever. You know, the surf, like it can change from hour to hour, yet alone like minute to minute. You can look at it, you get a flash rip that pops up. You know, you have to change your 
your decision making for the race and that. So there's also a lot more than just like pure fitness, strength and power that goes into it. You know, you have to have a head on you and make the correct decisions when the opportunities in that arise. Well, that's my next question. When you piss, you piss salt water. It looks like you've absolutely been bought up in the ocean in salt water. Like, must drink it, put it on your wheat fix, everything like that. Yeah. I don't think there's many days where I'm not in the water. I mean, like yesterday morning, I was up at 4.30, swum for two hours, and I try not to surf too much through the week when we're doing massive training loads. But I went over Burley Point this morning, and I was like, it looks fine. And I was out there with one of my mates, and we ended up being out there for way too long and then that afternoon and then this morning it had like a massive roll-on effect that I was like bit of sanity I enjoyed it so it's all sweet and I found that with rugby league same thing I play professional rugby league or semi-professional rugby league but I was always a surfer I only went back to it because you know it was in my blood my family come from a rugby league background but I was surfing until I was 18 and I was like hmm, same job yeah. yeah okay someone said you need to commit now and I was like okay let's go do that but I did the same as you, surf pumping. I'd go surf for two, three hours and then rock up. I'd have to drive down to Redcliffe. So, um, I was living on the Sunshine Coast and we, that was the only Queensland Cup team in the comp. We didn't have Sunshine Coast Falcons or yeah. Sunshine Coast Seagulls. Then. And I'd have to get in the car after surfing three or four hours and drive down there and do a bash-up session with, you know, 100, 110 kilo boys. And every time I was like, don't do this again, don't do this again, don't do And then... No, on a four yeah. bullet pump and you know it's Blake tough decisions. Oh. Yeah, like I that was when I first moved up, that was probably one of the bigger things. Like I would I was struggling with the training load. Like I was because when I was back home, I did everything by myself. So when I came up, I was training with other people, pushing myself to another level. But then whenever the surf was good, I'd get carried away and I'd end up run down or whatever it was. So that was a big thing for me. I had to learn to manage that. I'm really good with it now. I just got carried away. That was the first time in a little bit that, um, you know, I try and save it for the weekend or in a little bit of a down week when we're um, deloading or anything like that to if I want to go out for a little bit longer yeah, than what I normally yeah. would. Usually try and cap it around like an hour or something like that. Yeah. Mate, was that a hard decision when you had to make that? I mean, like, obviously, you know, surfing just it opens up your lungs. You just naturally fit it. Swimmers are naturally fitter. I remember being the fittest guy in rugby league. We went and did a beat test with swimmers. Boom. They outran us all, and I was like, yeah, what's going on in? You know, it's just that lung capacity. Was that a hard decision, you know, to let go of surf and go, look, I'm going to, because this needs 100% commitment. You can't do this 90% because you'll end up at the back of the pack. So yeah. being young and having such a love for surf, and was, did you always go, oh, maybe I'll chase this dream? Or when I was younger, I was always like sort of tossing up between the two. As I said, initially, I was like fully like going with the surfing career kind of thing. And then I had like a, probably like a year or two spell kind of thing where I was just like pretty over it and frustrated with some of the outcomes and how I was surfing. I just couldn't seem to put it together like mm-hmm. in a heat. So, and I was like, you know what, like I was swimming like maybe like three times a week then. And I was like, I'm just going to go and swim six times a week. It was like, it started off at like four, then I went to five. And then by like a month in, I was already swimming six. And then that year, it just, my results like surf club base just went through the roof. And I was like, you know what, like I'm enjoying the training, I'm enjoying pushing myself, like I want to do this. And then I pretty much just stopped competitive surfing and, and just started putting everything into this one. So I haven't looked back. I still enjoy surfing. Don't really miss comp surfing at all. I might try and do a few little ones every now and then, but um, I'm loving my choice. Comp surfing, weird, weird, very weird. Like to get onto the WSL, you have to grovel. You yeah, keep, yeah, like kick and splash and that until you get to like proper waves, waves of consequence. 
it just can be so frustrating. Like watching that, and you like you said, not putting it together, and then you're bound by you know someone's decision and everything like that. So you know, I can hear what you're saying. There, surfing's a very weird industry. There's so many better surfers than what's on. Oh, hundred percent. Yourself. You look at like the U.S. Open that was just on. They're surfing like a pretty much a closeout little shorey thing, you know, yeah. groveling, weaving all the way through to the shore to get one little last turn in, you know. Six. Yeah. It's mental. And then then the CT, they're out chokes or whatever it is, 10 foot. There's a massive difference between yeah. all of it. And yeah. if they could bridge that gap, they'd probably get like the legitimate surfers yeah. over on there. But That's it's different. Same thing. Yeah, you, we're bound by the ocean. Yeah, you know? we're, exactly. We're ocean men, what do we do? But yeah, wouldn't it just be good? Just a one year, just you know, yeah, go on the groin, make it, and then you get chokes, and then you get, you know, cloud break, we get pipe, the couple of dudes out, you get snapper, or you know, anyway, it'd just be the best. It'd be mental. I don't know. I, I love that like old dream tour, what they used to do. Hey, like, yeah, it's awesome. Well, that's what I my only surf hit growing up when I was a grown, I think it was the 1990 World Championship Tour, because that's all the bids that we, we had, you know, there wasn't any. You know, sabotage or any you know park over videos yeah. out yet. So it was watching Gary Elkins and Tom Curran like rig on point. And back then it was like there wasn't ten stops. There was like thirty two stops on, so on the tour. Yeah. So you just look. Well, this person was winning here, and the, and I think that was the first year that um, Kelly Slater actually come on, and they're like unraveling this new eighteen year old Kelly Slater, and he was in France surfing. That's when everyone still had six sixes. And, yeah. You know, and that was, oh, but, man, shorting it down. Yeah. Like, but, man, that era of surfing, you're exactly right. Like, it's just, so nuts. Oh. Like, you see some of the old clips and they'd be doing comps out G-Land or Mandaka oh. or, like, anything like that. They're, like, improper, like, yeah. pumping Pumping. waves. Yeah. You know, it's, it even sucks now. You see them, like, surfing out pipe and sometimes it's, like, three foot and they're doing airs to get their, like, yeah. proper scores. It's, like, when you picture it, hey, you want it to be, like, yeah. second reef. 10 to 12 foot, like 20 foot. Everything we had just, stuck on our wall like, yeah. as a kid, like so sick. Man, I remember that that one, I think it was a final between Kelly and Rob. Full combo. Is that, that, is that the high yeah, five one? Come yeah. out, instead of ripping a turn, he's just gone bang. Like, so cool. Oh, yeah. I love that. But that generation is like, it's completely different. Like surfing's like completely different. Oh, yeah. Insane. Anyway, back on board, man. <laughs> yeah, so when we moved up here, you slid into Zane's place, you started training. You said your first, like, sort of week loads were you were struggling. But what does a week look like for you? Yeah, so our normal week load, we're waking up pretty much every morning at 4.30. In the pool, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, swimming anywhere from 5 to 7K, depending on, like, the season and where we're at and, and what goals we have. So, like, if we're doing the pool and go to goal, we're doing as many Ks as we can through a week. But, um... So we're doing that in the morning, Wednesdays and... Just I'll, I'll just pause you there. On the swimming, what do you guys, like, usually swim a kilometre? Because I know I run, you know, I run five-minute Ks or five-minute thirties. What does it take you guys on a, a good heart rate sort of base to get it done? Yeah, so we're doing, like, a short rest swim session, which is, like, we'd be doing, like, repeat hundreds. So we would normally do them, like, on a 110 base. So we'll be coming in on, like, one four, one five, and just repeating that effort for anywhere from 10 100s all the way up to 40 100. So we're, the heart rate's up at here for like a prolonged amount of time. So it's bloody tough. Yeah, right. Yes. Oh, that's me for 50. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. 
dragging me back, back me back ass just through the water like that. Mate, there's nothing wrong with that. There's a few people that happens to in the squad here. Yeah. Even even me when you when you pop, you play pop. You pop. Yeah. You sink. You sink. I learned that through marathon running. Just same thing. Took up running. Just yeah. Over. All right, let's do this. So you got to a thirty. In your first event, your thirty k. Yeah, feeling good, tapped onto the full 15 crew. Oh, there's the four-minute crew up there. Yeah, we're sweet. Push up in it. Bang. 12K in pop. Oh, it started cramping. I'm like, I had to leave the last 18. And then from there, I was like, oh, heart rate training. Yeah. you got to understand your body. Because I was just, I come from a football mentality. Like, you go, you run, you get comfortable, you don't stop, don't be a pussy. That's just what. Just do with it. Like, it's like the old school way of training. Hey, go hard. Until you crack pretty much, hey, and you do it again. And then next week, you might not crack for 30 seconds more, longer, but not the way to do it these days. You busted your ass, you get up in the morning, you're swimming, then what happens? Yeah, so that's four mornings a week, and then um, we're doing iron suit where we put it all together on a Wednesday and Saturday morning. So Wednesdays are normally like a shorter one, a bit of a changeover, so we'll be switching from ski to swimming to board to running like really quickly, just changing over but the Saturday morning sessions go pretty lengthy we'll do two hours when we're doing our shorter season so like right in the middle of summer doing like anywhere from like 12 minute to 40 minute races but at the moment we're in the middle of Kungata goal training so these sessions are going for four hours you know we're getting 40 kilometers in done in the morning you know paddling 20 kilometers on the ski and then running 2k swimming another three and a half and then board paddling six and a half and then getting back on the path, chucking the shoes on and running for another eight and a half K. So you're on the water and running and doing everything for a really long time. Yeah. How's that? So you'd have to be on point with your hydration, your recovery food. Yeah, it's, it's huge. And you, basically your vitamins and minerals as well. Yeah. So it's, have you got that sorted? Yeah, like you have to stay on top of it throughout the whole week and then as soon as you feel like a little sore throat or whatever, it's just like double up on everything and you're already doubling up on everything. So it's like... You're just overloading your body, you know, yeah. you're pissing out vitamin C, just all like you're just eating it. But yeah, and then on top of that, the afternoons we're on the water for an hour, hour and a half, either on a board or a ski, anywhere going from if you're on a board, you're paddling usually around like six to ten K. If you're on a ski, you're going from around probably fifteen to eighteen K. And then throughout the day, with all your time, you have to get in gym and go get some other run sessions done too. So And recovery. Yeah. That's a big one. Listening to, to Huberman, he's one for one. You know what I mean? If you're doing an hour of training, you need to be doing an hour of recovery. Basically, everyone's two to one. Like most athletes, I say, are two to one. Everyone is two to 0.1. No yeah. one does recovery now. And you're like, for every two hours that you're training, you need to be doing an hour of recovery, out of stretching, drinking, hydrating. Yeah, that's one thing that I learned. If my sleep's off or if my recovery's off, well, then the rest of my training is gone. Because obviously, like, I, how I work and how, you know, I've got in my head is that 3 a.m. every day. I do so many things. I do the podcast, run a business. You know, I've got all these other sort of deals and then stuff going on. Huge day. Workload, yeah. yeah. My workload, my time is my biggest currency. But um, that 3 a.m., and I've said it before on the podcast, is my two hours. Like, my phone doesn't ring. I'm on the road on my own. No one bumps into me. I can run wherever. There's no bike. It's going, get out of the bike lane. Yeah. You know, like, I'm just going. If I just keep waking up at 3 a.m. and don't do any recovery, I'm gone. And then yeah. even though my body clock's set like that, I'm just backwards and backwards. And I could be banging my head against a, you know, a wall for two weeks until I realise, hey, that's what's going wrong. And like you said at the beginning of the podcast, you can usually find something why it's not happening. Yeah, they say it's like you've got to put out 
which is like your training, but you also got to put in, which is like, as you said, like your hydration, recovery, whatever it is. I like to stay fairly on top of all that. Have like a little deal with our recovery massage center in Miami there. So they give us like free deals with like the saunas and the pools and the boots and all that. So try and get in there like two to three times a week. So spending a bit in there and um, getting a massage every now and then. And um, listening to the body. Yeah. And I obviously go do Cairo, which is like sort of like a Chiron kinesiology. So I'm like, I go there twice a week. So it's just like a little 15 minute checkup. And I basically go in there and be like, my shoulder was feeling like this when I was swimming. When I hit like a 200 meter point, it started aching or did this. Not just like regular soreness, but like, I think you need to have a look at this. And we go in there, tweak this, do that. And, you know, it just allows me, even if it's a bit of a placebo effect, you know, yeah. it allows me to think that, okay, I'm doing everything I can to allow myself to train harder. And it makes yeah. me train harder, you yeah. know? So well, I get a benefit out of it. How much is it up here? Being that little man in your head. Everything. Every single day, just like, no, don't put your shoes on. No, don't go. Like, no, no, just pull up short. No, you've done enough today. No. The one thing that I've found is the more you do and the more you silence him, he'll go away. But if you just let him do all that moment and come back just like that, as loud yeah. as he possibly can straight away, and next minute, all that work to get him, like, back down here, sometimes it takes me, like, two seconds to show you up. No, we're doing this. We're going 20. That's just what, full discipline. Yeah. Hey, but like, if you don't, as you said, if you let it yeah. in, takes a while to like ravel it back. Right. Like you got to be on top of it. And it's like just saying yes to pain, yes to that yeah. session, yes to putting your shoes on. And then it just becomes just yeah. a habit. Yes. Hey, yeah. it's like I got into such a good zone where if I walk past a, a piece of rubbish, I had to pick it up because I had the little man going, ha, you walk past it, the rubbish, I own you. So I'd have to turn around, go back, pick the rubbish up, put it in the bin. Prove you wrong. Yeah, yeah. prove yeah. you wrong. And then it was getting so bad, like, you know, transition in, in the life and that one was like getting dishes and cleaning dishes too much. And Ellie was just like, what are you doing? Like, you're not there. You're, you're, not, a, you're not a professional athlete anymore, okay? But um, I just wanted to keep that little quiet. Yeah, and it's such a big play, especially in sport. I mean, how many times have you sort of, does that cross your mind, especially when you're like exhausted? You know, things aren't going your way. What was one of the races that sort of pinpoint in your mind that things weren't going your way and you're like, ah, this guy's going, okay, save it for another day or something like that. Is there one that sits there? You know, when you wake up early for training or anything like that, you always have it there, hey? It's like you never wake up and go, hell yeah, I can't wait to be in this freezing cold pool, swimming kilometres after kilometres. But, like, it's just this discipline and it's like, I think I read it the other day, it was like it's pretty much saying yes to what you want to be and not what you want now kind of thing. I don't mm-hmm. remember how it was exactly worded. There's heaps of races where the little guy can creep in, you know, cool and go to gold's a massive one because it's such a long endurance race. Like you got to be backing yourself and it's a long time. So you're in your own head and you have to be like fully present with your thoughts and not letting him catch up on you because if it does, you could be ending like your race a lot sooner than what you're yeah. hoping for. But. And something like that, you have to say to your game plan as well because if you see someone go past you, but you know you've got your strong leg coming up and then you tap on with him. You're running someone else's race. Yeah. You're not, you're not running your race. You're not. And I don't know how, once again, did that in that race that I told you about. Like, where, where you go? Like, no, 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 no. Go around yeah. next year and the next minute he's laughing at me going, no. It's knowing your heart rate, knowing your zones and knowing how hard you can go with Elsa holding on. Like, so last year I did the cool day goal. It was my first year giving it a crack. You know, I did heaps of training. I had a bit of interrupted training with like, I was just 
like up and down with a bit of sickness and that. So I was like always juggling that end of training load and probably went in just slightly underdone, got caught up at the front. Like we'd done like some ski wash leads trying to hang on to Ali though, who's the fastest ski paddler. Like he's ridiculous. Yeah. He just goes all day, every day. I ended up getting like just 6K in and I was like, boom, just got flushed with lactate and was just like there just hurting. It took me like two Ks to like fully flush out and actually be able to get into some sort of like a decent stroke and start trying to get back in this race. And by then I already had like sort of misjudging and was just off that front pack and I pretty much did the rest of the race the next three hours by myself. So oh. it ended up hurting me, but um ended up seven. So hope living you be back better this year. So yeah. training's going well and really looking forward to it. Mate, while we're on the cool and get a goal too, big shout out to Reese Jury. I know you watch it, bud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got off his deathbed. With the flu, cold, anything like that, and he came out and won that thing. That is one of the most unbelievable stories because I remember I was, we're about the same age, and I remember seeing that like going, what, "What's going so on?" Yeah, and then and then coming out and winning like that's all little man in his head, that all head. Yeah, that's, it's all head. That whole thing that he did was mentality. Like you're not beating me, and just I'd love to like oh, I'd just love to have a camera in his brain that oh. day. And just all the thoughts and all the demons that he's strapped at home, just yeah. like laying out the table to have a look. Because yeah. he had every excuse not to be there. Every excuse. Like he legit got out of hospital off his deathbed, still got a car and took the win. That is huge. Like I know Ali's had something similar to that, but he's never like he's never been in deathbed. But like mm. last year, I remember he had a he torn his calf seven centimeters, and one other year he was also up all night, had like a massive belly bug, like yeah, everything and and. He's undefeated in yeah. the race, you know. He's won it eight times. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. He's probably one of the best. Also, like Reese Jury, like yeah. just saying, no, show no. Mate, yeah. we're doing this, you know, like tough it out. I don't know if they know that either because they're just in their process of doing it, you know what I mean? We're all looking from the outside in. And, mate, you're only young, so you know, who knows? The world's your oyster. Don't ever sell yourself short. That's one thing that I always noticed being a young man, if I could give you any advice, was I was always hanging around guys like Ali Dale or some, you know, rugby league stars who I wanted to be like and I always had imposter syndrome. And it wasn't yeah. until I sort of clicked on, hey, I'm meant to be here. Um, I wish I would have clicked on like three or four years earlier or two years earlier. And, well, I think my whole career would have been different, but I was always in awe of what they're doing until I realised that, hold on, I'm, I can do what they can do. And not only can I do it, I can probably do it better. That's huge in yeah. sport. Like, I, as I said, when I first moved up, I had that, you know, I was trading with Ali and all these people. I was hanging out with Trevor Hendy. You know, hey, like, hey, mate. Yeah, and, you know, and you're hey, like, mate. this is awesome just to be training here. And, you know, yeah. I qualified for this series that year and um, I went around the Cairns, had a few half-decent races, you know, didn't actually race to my, I think, my capabilities that year just because I was, like, on the line going, oh, that's that person, that's this person, yeah. you know. That switch for me. I finished like 14th, I think, that series. Well, actually, no, it was 12th, sorry. I mean, I only missed out on re-qualifying by a few points, but and then that off-season, I was like, you know, I'm meant to be here. Like, I made that change pretty quickly, and um, mm-hmm. that first race of that next professional series, which is pretty much like a year later, went pretty much toe-to-toe with Ali in the double M shape, which is like a 40-minute endurance race. Yeah. And I just, I was like, just going around with him, going around with him, just hanging in there, hanging in there, and then made a pretty costly error like with like a minute left in the race just ran in sort of stuffed up my ski style a little bit and he just snuck underneath this like little oh, three four foot yeah, wave yeah. hit me on the chest and i went from like equal first like for 35 minutes of the race 
and ended up coming fifth. But no. um, it was a massive turning point because then I ended up winning round five that year and it was like, you know, I don't feel like if I came second or something, I don't feel like I wanted to have won that because it was like I got in my head going to that last bit going like, you could win this right now. And yeah. it was like, no, back to process. Yeah. Back to process. Do this, do that. Right. But isn't that funny, the ocean telling you something? Like just you're on top of the world, it's happening, and then the world always has a way of going, oi, guess what? Nah, yeah, pick back, back a little bit, humble yeah. Yeah. yeah, just that humble. I don't know how many times I've done that. I got married like four weeks ago. Congratulations, mate. Thank you, mate. Same thing, been a long time coming with COVID. But, yeah, we got married, best weekend. We did Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday we checked into the jewel because we haven't, didn't have a honeymoon booked in. Monday night I got there and got that influenza that was going around. And I didn't move for 12 days off bed. So Ellie had to, you know, lie down the pool on her own until she married. And then we slept in different rooms because obviously I was crook and she's like, oh, is this married life? Well, we didn't, we didn't sleep next to each other for two weeks, you know what I mean? But I was coming off and that was like, weddings are sick. It's so far, especially when they're yours. And then just like that world of pegging you down and, and bringing you back. It yeah. always happens like that, hey? Like it that's that flow, that battle oh, style, isn't it? It's, I guess it's like the surf, hey? It's like you're going to get a wave, sometimes the wave's going to get you. It's like that through life. It's racing. It's everything, really. You've got to have highs, you're going to have lows. It's just like staying consistent with it and not letting it really get you too down, hey? Yeah. We'll just go through these races because um, for everyone who's listening who doesn't know, like you're talking about the cool and get a goal. These are long form races. But you said earlier, short form races, short form season, long season. Can we break that down? Like, just take us back to like when the first race is of the season, what type it is, how long they go for, and when these long races sort of start and when the sort of season finishes as well. The Cooling Out of Gold is like, it's the first race that sort of kicks off the season. This year, it's on the 14th and 15th of October. So we do a 20 week training program into that. And then after that, the people that haven't auto qualified for the professional series, they have to race the new strain trials, which is probably about a month turnaround. So it's, it's some it's like mid-November, can't remember the date. That for them is a pretty intense weekend. So you do two days, three races a day, and they take the top 20 from the first day, and then they go into the next and repeat, step back to zero and go again. So you have to be super consistent. You have to be really on for the weekend. So you have to be in your head, just knowing exactly what you're doing. And that races, they vary from a 12-minute race, 15-minute race, and a 40-minute race. So you do everything on that weekend. And then um So how long does that last? That's just for that weekend, but then that sort of goes out throughout the whole season, which what we would call like the short course season throughout the summer. So we then will pretty much be racing from December through to February, March, pretty much every second weekend. And the races we either vary from 12-minute, like, yeah. super sprint race. 15 to 20 minutes classified as, like, a traditional. And then you have, like, your long couple of long ones, which will be up to, like, 40 minutes. So cool and got a gold's far longer than all these, but, you know, they're all tough in their own aspect. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. What's the uh, Nutri-Trade series? What races, how many is involved in that? And when you talk about auto qualification, where do you need to sit? How does that work? Is it like a points-based system, like the WSL or? Yeah, kind of thing, yeah. So there's six professional Nutrain Ironman races through the season. There's two in December, two in January, and two in February. It's 20 points for first and goes all the way down to one point for 20th. You have to be in that top 10 to re-qualify for the next season. So last year I qualified fifth and the year before I qualified sixth. So I'm burying myself, looking forward to all that. We also have our another professional series 
which is on Channel 7, which is pretty awesome. It's the Sean Partners Summer Surf. There'll be five races. They go North Bondi. We got one at Northcliff. I can't remember the actual three other places, mm-hmm. but um, there's some big money on those ones. If you win a few of those races, you could win $20,000 for the race win and that, which is pretty awesome. And they're around a 15-minute race as well. So the, the dominant amount of our season, we're racing 15 to 20-minute sort of races and then obviously have a few longer yeah. runs, which throws a little yeah something in the mix. So two points I, I want to get back to, the, the prize money there, because it's um, nearly laughable for a professional athlete. Yeah, yeah. It's good that it's there. So if you re-qualify, how does that affect your training? What, what does that allow you to do? Does that allow you to miss that qualification three races a day? Yeah, so it does. So um, before I hadn't re-qualified for the series, so there's a short course called Meta Goal, which is pretty much just half the distance of that. So I trained for that and then backed up for the trials like three weeks later. But generally, if people happen to do the trial, they will, won't do the, any of the goals. and will just do that and solely focus on that. You know, what, most of the people that re-qualify, then they go, you know, if I don't do the Kulngada Gold, I won't be doing the trials. I won't be racing for 26, nearly 30 mm-hmm. weeks. So a lot of people then will go, you know what, I'm going to do the hard yards in the winter and, and train for this fully goal. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll shorten it up straight after that and get ready for the series. So that's what like I'm doing at the moment. We've got Ali and a few other people doing that. So good. yeah, get that good base and then, you know, get really, really specific with what you want to do and all that. How many people outside, you know, the top 10 trying to get in? Is there hundreds? Is there thousands? Like, Talking from a spectator sort of point of view, you don't see behind the scenes like that. So no, yeah, you don't. Yeah, like you have people from moving over from South Africa nowadays and, and New Zealand, and you get a few like Americans and that coming over and joining surf clubs and trialing out. And that we'd have twenty on the series, and there can be two hundred boys lining up on that weekend. You know, giving them all. They've all trained us as hard as each other. It's and it's super tight. It's just like whoever is on the day is the best. It's like so. Okay, so it's not like a short season thing, and then they basically go, "All right, well done. You guys get X amount of points." And it's not like a QS grind. No, it's like you have to qualify for that race. Yeah, and then once you qualify for that race, you have to perform in that race to get points to auto qualify. Yeah. And then you got to go to the next one and start again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got to qualify, go through those three races a day, and then you got to set up the next day in the main race. But yeah, not for, for every round. That's for the that weekend is for the entire new train Ironman series. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it gets so confusing because you have like multiple series. So there's that one. So you have the two the weekend, which you'll qualify for the six races yeah. throughout the season. But then the summer surf one is you have probably even more, like two to 300 men or women lining up on a Friday afternoon trying to qualify for Saturday's final race, and that they do that for every round. So yeah. there's different ways that they structure all these professional races. For me, like I'm all to qualify for the professional Mutual Ironman series, but I still have to go and qualify for each and every round of the Sean Partner Summer Surf Ironman yes. series. Yeah. Well, that's, it's a good reality check, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because you can get set in your ways and, and then next minute something goes wrong for a year and then you've got to start your whole process again and you haven't been doing that process and then that takes a year and then you've lost a year out of the new train. Yeah. Wow. Look, man. Yeah, it's good to have that back up there for, you know, so many people are devastated at the start of the season. They think that you could... Get in your head and think, oh, my season's over. But, you know, in our sport, it's the most money in the line in that Shore and Partners 
summer surf on and see if you know. So there's still so much racing for people available. Yeah. You know, there was four rounds in that last year and I only qualified for three. You know, I had a mishap, didn't qualify. And as you said, it is a massive reality check when you don't do it. It's like, all right, at the drawing board, yeah, work hard, you know, get back into my custom. There's, there's going to be someone nipping at your heels as well. All the time. Okay. What, what yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm young and there's even younger kids than me trying to, like, you know, make it and prove themselves. So yeah. you've got to stay in the game. Yeah, that's it. Man, wow. Oh, that's a tough slog. So 26 weeks or 20 weeks into the call, you got to go. When's off-season for you? Is there an off-season? We get off-season. We're pretty lucky with our off-season, but it's not too long, really. Like, so we'll do all that and then we come to national titles, which is generally in April sort of time. And then you have depending on whenever that is, you get the rest of that month and then May off and then, you know, you're back on it the June the 1st. So it's yeah. realistically you only get like four weeks, maybe five weeks off a year. Yeah. So some people don't like having as much time off and they even shorten that down. But I like having my downtime and being able to fully mentally reset, you know, go for yeah. my surfs and do this and do that. So that when I come back on June the 1st, I can just fully apply myself and yeah. be properly dedicated. Yeah, It's funny you say that, like, you're exactly right. Some athletes need to keep rep, like ticking the boat over. Like, tick, tick. Yeah. It's going, it's going. If I stop this, it's, it's going to stop. It's, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be able to get it going again. Where other people are like, let's go stop here. I need 18 weeks and I know I'm fully fit. I'll leave two weeks buffer. And, and that camp will work perfectly. Boxers, time. Yeah. Sensational. You know, they know if they need eight weeks, 10 weeks, six weeks, they know if they can take it fine on two weeks. Where, come from a rugby league background, my progress was made through my off-season, so then I'd hit off-season in front of everyone else at off-season, yep. which would then put me in the coach's eyes. But it's a long season when you get bashed. That's big yeah. with footy. Hey, people, yeah. like, the off-season's like when everyone does, like, they get fit, they get strong in that. Hey, because then yep. once you guys are playing a game of footy every weekend, it's like just pretty much recovery. Hey, you get your short and sharp in between, but all your work done is in that four weeks before Chrissy. Well, usually two weeks before you get to that four to six weeks. And then, yeah, eight weeks after coming into trials at February, and then away you go. Do you look at the dressing shed first game of the season? No tape. Everyone's clean. Yeah, yeah. You look at the end of the season, there's like old the bodies just going in, there's seven knees done, all the fingers are out. So it's just about um, taking that impact. And you don't learn that when you're young because you're so. One, you're trying to push into a position. You're trying to get yeah. a spot. And you got to do it. Hey, don't you? you have to. And that's rugby league. It's can't get complacent, yeah. Not so much for me. Being a, you know, I was halfback, 5'8", in around the lot, centre fullback, played all, all through those positions. But if you're a front rower and, you know, 20-year-old front rowers nowadays. How do you beat? Take um, a beat. Take a beat. The big boys, don't get me wrong. But towards the back end of the season, I always wonder, this is why I always back teams with older front rowers. You know, if they're, if they're in the top eight, you watch the teams with older front rowers, like really come and put it on in the semifinal, in the quarterfinals, in the semifinals. And then in the finals, you'll see like the young teams that have come out hard and made the top eight because they won their first 12 games or something. They're just four people. Well, they're tired. Their body's aching. And these older boys are a bit smarter, wiser, and you know, know how to manage it. And, Choose uh, their time, hey, just yeah. that counts. Yeah. Well, we've seen Wayne Bennett do that with South. They nearly pinched that grand final of Penrith. Uh, it was Penrith or Melbourne. But, um, you know, they ate and Wayne Bennett timed it and next minute they were firing, absolutely firing, coming to the grand final, missed by two points. As much as like Surf Lifesaving is like timing, being yeah, back a set pops yeah. up, how important is that timing? Timing in boxing, you know, you're half a mil here, half a second there. 
yeah, as you said, like timing, getting away, but then also timing, peaking, making sure you fit at the right time, you know, because once you reach that peak fitness, it's so hard to maintain it there. So yeah. you've got to, you don't want to be peaking now. You want, I want to be peaking in 10 weeks for the cool, you know, to go and then keep that through the rest of the season, you know. It's a full measuring and yeah. weighing up act. Yeah, it's hard. And you sort of know. So I ran a marathon, but that was the year that was um, virtual, which was sort of good because they give you a window to run it. I knew I wasn't there. I was like, oh, I'm gonna push this out. Give me three more weeks. I ended up running my best time. Did uh, I think it was three hours fifteen? Oh, which awesome! Was, yeah, which is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually ninety kilos. I put on another ten because you can't maintain that. Yeah, for my body. But I knew I'm not there, and it'd be so hard. And I tried to time that. You know what I mean? I got it completely wrong. I was three to four weeks behind. So it'd be so hard for you within your sport to go. All right, this is going to work, and we're going to time it to the day. But then you have a miss out. Or you don't, or it does work out. Like, geez. oh, it's like you sometimes feel so awesome doing like a training block, but then you'll do like your weak taper or something like that. And you don't, you kind of go into a little bit of a detox, start feeling terrible, and you're like, ah, oh, around, like, what have I done? You know, yeah, like, I should be feeling fit. It's so hard. You can get in your head with those little things, and usually you kind of pop out like one or two days beforehand, and you start feeling all sweet, you know, firing, you yeah. know, just ready to go. Yeah, it's a full just like timing act really and making sure you're ready to go. And when you're racing and or playing a footy game every weekend, it's like recovery. Get those couple of key sessions in just so the body's like ticking over correctly and then yeah. boom, we're back on. Ooh, I love yeah. talking about this it's stuff. Good, it gets me flowing, but um, let's go run 10K. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I usually do. After podcasts, I said that in the beginning. I was like, you come out of these things like this, let's go do something. Yeah. It's a bit weird because we – after this, like, you know, we high-five and go, all right, Sam, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's break it down even more. Like, do you have a team that sort of, like, figures this out with you? Is that Zane? And also, like, what do you do with your food? Like, how much do you eat? Because you're doing a lot of training. You're 21, you're already, your body's already burning through yeah. everything. It's not like you're a 40-year-old who makes 1,800 calories a day. Like, yeah. do you have diet? Do you have foods that work for you? Do you have not? Like, what have you figured out? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I'm training that much. I'm a 21-year-old up fast metabolism i can pretty much get away with eating anything i want which is like <laughs> a few people hate me for it but like i try and eat as healthy as i can you know i'm having heaps of carbs you know i'm having heaps of protein all that all that i'm just getting all those dietary requirements and that nothing like super specific like i'm eating this on this day and that that blah 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 blah, blah you know just making sure i'm ticking off all like the basics you know the minerals the vitamins your proteins your carbs yeah all that sort of stuff I do eat a bit of chocolate here and there and all that. Ah. You know, I don't my girlfriend's parents own donut time down in Burley, so I'm always oh, like, yeah, again, I always yeah. get a few of them every week. Just get the calorie intake up. Um, mate, do they have a uh, like a gambling and I want to like ban me and a lead punk? Do they have one that down there donut? They probably need one. They need yeah. to put me on it. Yeah, humble that list. Do not let this bloke in. <laughs> do not let this bloke in. Yeah, no, so just do all that. And um I used to like drink glasses and look like I used to just love it like for some reason and I found out when I came up here, like once I started seeing my chiropractor and kinesiologist, they have like a little bit of like a dairy intolerance. So that's like mm. one of those things, like like a dairy and gluten type thing. So I'll like, you know, if I'm out, I'll just order it on oat milk or if there's like a option to have sourdough bread, like I'll have that. But other than that, it's just pretty much eat whatever yeah. I want as long as I'm ticking off those big, yeah. those big, yes. So you get, yeah, you go and, you know, good foods. Doesn't like as long as it's like your slow release, 
energy, your wheats, all your carbohydrates, you get it through that. You're not going, going, oh, well, I've made six burgers and I'm 20 minutes, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no. You, you sort of choose in your proteins first. You 100%. choose the minerals like, okay, this is what I need to eat first. And then if I'm still hungry, well, there's no restriction, I'm going to run 20 tests tomorrow. Yeah, yeah like top up with that. Yeah, heaps of bananas, like yeah, heaps yeah. of red meat. Pasta, rice, all that sort of stuff. So you seen my cooking? No, I haven't. Oh, no, I haven't. I'll do some steaks. All right. Oh, mate, yeah. I'll, I'll love that. But yeah. sure. I've got, I've got the smokers going. I've got everything. I I'll love. Cooking. You should do that on the podcast. It's someone comes out with the steak with a massive yeah, rat, man. It's just go at it. I got Steve Willie. I've got a couple of boys at the end of one, but yeah, I'll bring one at the beginning and we'll sit back and start. Doing <laughs> That'd be that. hilarious. Yeah, it'd be good value. But yeah, that protein and that red meat that just really. That helps your body recover as well. Oh, for sure. So what about, are you topping up with any supplements or anything like that? Or what actually, there's a good question. What's the rules and regulations within, you know, the Nutrient Super Series and that? Because I know being in the NRL, like, there was traces. We can't get protein that's mixed in China. So yeah, right. Because they mix the same thing as 20 other things and there's traces in it next minute it's in your body and as this comes, knocks on your door. So, Oh, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's like any professional sport now. It's got to meet... Asada's requirements or Wada's requirements, apparently, one of it's been unchanged seven times. Yeah, so you got to go and whenever you get a batch of whatever it is, protein powder, this or that, you know, you got to, you're meant to go log it in into the things. So, like, you know, if for some reason you did get caught, they can go back and trace it back and go, all oh, right, can they change this? You know, you're not actually responsible for that. But I have a sponsor called Amazonia. They're giving me like, they give me some protein and some greens and everything like that. So like I top up with that. Yeah. Amazonia, it's like this vegan products. Spell for me. A-M-A-Z-O-N-I-A. Shout out to Amazonia. I've had like whey ones before, but as I said, with that like dairy kind of thing, it was like, it would make my belly feel a little bit funny. So I found like that, the vegan side of it, like, nowhere near vegan at all but like it digests and like my body processes a lot quicker than anything else so i'm getting benefits like really quickly and when i actually need it so i'm like really beneficial yeah i've seen this brand out there and that yeah big shout out to them as well just a vegan like vegans wrecked the word vegan 100 they just ruined it because it's not that bad it's just that all the stigma that comes with it as well yeah yeah, and like you said if you're getting your plant fiber and all that or you know you you pee or you you isolate instead of your way and it works better for you. Do it. Yeah, and exactly. I, this is what I say to everyone. Like, There's a lot. I had uh, Hannah on the um, podcast and she's a genetic coach. So she's actually looks at your body frame and who you are and why you do things. It comes down to like, hidden points where why things are in line. Like if it's your social, if it's uh, your training and then your food where that might be for me, which keeps me in line, which keeps all my you know, cortisol and all my chemicals in my body and then everything you know, lines up for that, where Ellie is the complete opposite. I can eat one meal a day, no carbs, steak and salad, and I'm good. Where that little girl needs to eat six times a day or she'll rip your head off and she's, you know, half our weight. Like everything, uh, there's like, there's a rough guide to everything, but it's like everything is so personal. Like I was actually saying this to my girlfriend the other day because she's training for the cool and got a goal for the first time as well when she's had a few people say, do this, do that with mm-hmm. in regards to nutrition base. But I said, okay, you take it. Try it all out and you have to just find out personally what you feel works for you. It's like yeah. food, it's eating, it's everything, it's training. It's Listen like, to your body. Yeah, yeah. I've got to, okay, it's good having all that knowledge and then you just take it and extract what you want from it and you just figure out what actually works and what your body yeah. really wants. But it's weird. Like this is another thing that Hannah said. As our bodies change and your genetics, what's going on now, 
you'll do that for the next four years and that's your system and you know it works because it's working for you right now. Next minute, you've got to change. Yeah. And then it's not working again and you're like, why isn't this working? Like you're on the cups of switching between these body types or these prototypes. So. And for me, because I've done exactly that. I've had every single diet, every single protein put into me, every single supplement, every single bit of creatine, I'll do this, do that. Because I was you, you know, I was 73 kilos ringing wet surfing. And then I went back and played footy and people were like, if you want to play footy, you've got to eat, got to beef up. Yeah, 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 you need some weight here. So I ended up playing about 83 and then, you know, around 88 kilos, 90, which isn't big. It was towards the end that I got my man strength and that, but when I was a Roman. But those, all those things and all those testings, you know, throughout the, um, just throwing whatever into my gut and all that, I realised that that's the most important thing, listening to your gut getting that microbiome, getting that healthy and happy and the right stuff into it, and then that transitions into your thoughts and brains. It's huge. And your little man and your training and just basically stems from there. Exactly. Yeah, you can just get on a roll with it. Like it's massive listening to your body. You know, it's with everything. You know, when when you have massive work, workloads like we do, you're always like teetering a little bit like on sickness kind of thing. You're almost like nearly unhealthy. You're like that healthy, you're unhealthy kind of thing. So it's like always like how am I feeling today? Is today, do I push it? Do I pull it back slightly, you know? Because yeah. if you just run yourself in the ground every day, it's going to catch up to you. Yeah. You know, you only maybe get like a two-week block, two weeks good out of a six-week block that you've done. Yeah. So it's like picking your sessions here and there and, and knowing when to go. Do you have something that with your coaches? Do you have like a catch-22 word feelings? You go, yeah, they can go in the basket with vegan. It's just, yeah, you know, but it's honestly like if your coach asks you like, how are you feeling? I'm like, five. Yeah, or a number score of six or so. I'm nine. Let's go. Yeah. So all of our coaches, like, so Zane is really onto that. So like, oh, he'll probably call me like once a day, and we go, hey mate, how'd you feel this morning? How are we going to go about this afternoon? And most of the time, you know, we're just like out it, going at it. But you know, if I go feeling like this way, they'll be like, okay, cool, rock up. We'll take it easy, or maybe you know we're going to focus on skills today instead yeah. of going for a ten-kilometer paddle. We're going to do a few little ins and outs of the break and focus on skills and do something completely different. There's just time and places for everything, you know. I rocked up to swimming literally this morning, and I was like to the coach, I was like, "I'm cooked, hey, like I'm I'm not feeling like I'll be able to like get there for the session." And he's like, "Do this in the warm up. Let's get the body like properly moving, and let's see how you go." And I had to go for we had to do four rounds of this fifty set, a bit of speed work, and you know, I was going, I wasn't feeling that great, you know, but I just pulled it back just that slight amount, like whether it was only like half a second per 50, but it allowed me to get the whole session done, to yes. get those kilometers up, other than just going, you know what, I've got to be doing 27s and just going yes. flogging my body and then not being able to do the rest of the week. So yeah. just playing that up, they're all very like on the ball with progressive like yeah. training and all that stuff. So it makes it really easy. So is that weird? So who do you train with? In the mornings, I swim with, we have a surf squad. It's a combination of like some Northcliffe girls and us surface paradise boys. We train at Bond Uni under the guidance of Chris Mooney. Do you know Kayla McEwen, the yeah. extra Yes, yeah, so yeah. he's her old coach and Kyle Samuelson, who's the other coach on the side there. And, um, yeah, those two take us through a lot of hard sessions every morning. So Yeah. Well, not only that, but who's the surface? Like, do you? Zane Hamill. So the blokes that you train with, do you compete against? Yeah. That's a weird situation yeah, as well. Yeah, it, it is weird, you know. Like, I'm a competitive bloke. I can get pretty fired up too with a few things. So yeah. That's always something I have to work on too is, like, not getting, like, 
too invested into like where I am. And like training. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like and just training. It is just training, you know. And playing the boxer, playing the, you know, the possum in the corner. And yeah. think she got it. And then knowing that, oh, mate, I've got like 30, 40% up my oh. sleeve. I was showing you one side. That would be so weird because then they, they're your mates as well. Yeah, yeah. But it's weird. You spend and, and live with them every day. Exactly. Hours, like, every day. But then you got to go turn it on and. And you can't kill them pretty much. Yeah, yeah, like it's like that switch. Yeah, yeah. You got to have it. It's it's really interesting that sort of stuff, hey, because it's like you see someone triathletes and that, like they'll just train with like one other person or stuff like that. Keep it really alone and like it's like real secretive what they do. But in our sport, as I said, what we're training with another surf club, so you know they could be going telling the boys what we're doing, this and that, how they're going. So everything is so open and that. Yeah. But it makes it, yeah, it's real different. Like I've had moments before, you know, where I'm swimming next to Ali going, hell yeah, I'm swimming uh, buddy good, eh? yeah. like, I'm, I'm on here. And then then you rock up on race day and you're like, man, this dude's got another bloody gear. Yeah, he like, dropped you. Yeah, like yeah. there's been times that I'm like on his feet, just maxing out and he's just going, going away from me, just slowly in the surf. And I'm like, oh, what are, yeah, this is hurting. Yeah. Just that age, hey, it's like he's been doing it for, he's 33 now, I yeah. believe. So like he's got like, yeah, 11 years on me, 12 years on me. So it's just like when you have that consistency over years, years and years, it just yeah. compounds and compounds and you end up becoming like yeah. a bloody animal like he is. Yeah, and that's not a skill. No, it's just that, time. That's, that's, well, I guess it is a skill, but it, it's not. It's, there's so much time that goes in to get that heart rate down, to be able to stay and the longevity of it. That's what I found, like talent. This really brings out the whole saying, you know, hard work beats talent that doesn't work. Yeah, because... There is talent in, in surf life, but there is no hard work. If you're not doing hard work, you're not in. You're completely out of it. You're not banging in their reverse or skill and yeah. nine on the buzzer or something like that. Or stepping someone, going through the thing, but you haven't done any tackles all game. And, but you still win the game and everyone's on your fly. Going, yeah, oh, that was the best try. Exactly. There's no high in no. high man at all. No. All right. 20 grand. 25, 20 grand. What's a niche grand worth? Ten, ten ten, uh, five. Five. Five grand, yeah. What's tenth worth? Fuel money. Mate, if ten doesn't get paid in a round, it goes five grand, two and a half, one, two, five, and then it goes like seven fifty, two fifty. So you got paid to like fifth or sixth oh. or something like that. It's pretty bloody brutal. If you're not really in that top five overall, probably not making much money at all. Like just to break it up, we're not bargaining the industry at all because they're doing the best that they can as yeah. well. So this isn't shitting on Nutri-Grain. It's not shitting on the Surf Summer Series. It's just that uh, I guess there was that lag in the middle of, after Hendy, you know, and all those a massive gap, hey. Like, huge gap. And they didn't, no TV rights, no TV deal. Because I remember growing up, I used to love watch. They know? were bloody superstars back when Trevor Hendy and them were doing That's it. Like, insane. you know, they, there were some races, I think, where they were like, they won. Yeah, they had Nike sponsoring athletes and stuff. It was like it was massive. I think there was a few races where, like, if you had a round win, you're getting like, like anywhere from like fifty to a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, which is prize money, which is like like three hundred today. Yeah, with which is ridiculous. Yeah. So we're not we haven't grown with it at all. But as you said, like everyone is definitely doing a better job than they were like ten years ago. We're getting in a better spot, but. It'd be awesome to see it keep growing, maybe get a few other we need, nice sponsors a part of it. We, we need some Saudi money. That's yeah, what we yeah, yeah, I know. I imagine if they come in and went, oh, guess what, you're all millionaires now. Yeah, we're going to sponsor it, put it on everyone's craft and that. And go, 
Mate, it'd be bloody awesome. Shout out to anyone from Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah. They won't get on or anything, so <laughs> yeah, come yeah. over. Give yeah. us both a call. Yeah, mate. Look, like I said, like, it's just a dedication lifestyle because the money's not there. It does set up, set yourself up for other things in life, just with discipline. You, you can translate these skills that you're learning now. They might not be work skills, but these hard work skills. And I always say this, I found that transition after a legal, after, you know, doing that, like, what do I do? Like this, I've sold my soul into this identity and now I don't have that anymore, what do I do? And it took me a few years, but I was just like, oh, I just repeat this process with the next thing that I find to something else. Yeah, it's exactly the same process. And whether it was business or building or this podcast, all I do is get that process. Do it here. Do it here. Do two just hours it. of social in the morning. Do this. You know, this is training. This is game day for yeah. me. And I love it because I get to to speak to amazing humans like you, but then I just go back and keep chipping away in the process. Let's put this out there. Yeah. yeah. Learn about this. Oh, okay, that's not how you do hashtags. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, like, it's a weird for an older man to like learn that sort of thing, but I just found this just repeat process. Yeah, yeah, literally, it breaks down just that all the time. Hey, like, but it's so funny you said that, like, finding like your, so many athletes, like, finding what they want to do after their oh, career. Like, geez. you see so many. People like struggle with it, hey, and like it's you almost want to start like thinking ahead, like what do I want to do? Like, you know, I'm not doing uni or anything at the moment. I just wanted to go fully in on this, but I've always said to mum, like as soon as I find something that I'm passionate about or want to do and I'll actually able to apply myself. Where's the income coming from? Yeah, so predominantly like it comes from I have a few sponsors. So Surface Paradise, Surf Life Saving Club, they pay us to be ambassadors. (laughs) of their club so it's not just being an athlete there's a few other things we do on the side you know doing school visits and teaching like there's a whole bunch of like a little checklist and that that we tick off which is pretty cool but then um short partners in race one surfcraft are my two other big sponsors you know and then i have opened that to throw a few bit of product in there but we rather Queensland rep. oh really yeah hey man oh sick yeah so if you're not getting enough, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> I mainly do with Bo Emerton. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm thinking about it as well, though, too. Yeah. But um, getting enough to just sort of get by and then my mum and dad, you know, I'm not living with them, but I'm still, like, they're still helping me out, you know, yeah. to keep pursuing this dream and that. So best parents ever, my yeah. parents, and the best sponsors ever, whoever backs me. So yeah. it's awesome having that support. Yeah. It goes a very long way. Well, doing your workload and then trying to work as well as a trade like, You can do it, but, like, it's one of those things It's like, you pretty much got to go fully in. Like, the people that are at the top of the store and have yes. been for, like, a long period of time have dedicated every hour of their day to doing this. Whether yeah. that is they have to like, up at 4.30, whatever it is, and then training, doing your recovery, doing your run, doing your gym, and then maybe it's, like, having, like, an hour nap or something before thing, you know? Like, yeah. these the structures and that is so hard to, like, completely... Like, you know, have a full-time job and put everything into a sport. You can't. you got to go fully on it, otherwise it doesn't work. And then you'd be pissed off if you're doing that and you're like, oh, well, I'm now not achieving my goals. So it's yeah. like, it's well, a, that's, a, that's another. Imagine, a if you, imagine if you come second, like 12 times in a row. And it's the, you know, Do your head in. Oh, man, do your head in. But, I, I can't live with that. I prefer to just go and hopefully people, some good sponsors and that along the way, just keep and see, see the journey and want to be a part of it. Yeah. Hey, it's like, well, that's what this is about. That's what any given chance is about. It not only just shout out to listeners and anyone who wants to come aboard and help or is in the surf industry, every little bit counts. We spoke about this before, you know, we raised $1,000 to get Liam Pope over to America to do a camp just for a GoFundMe. And it's all marketing and it's all, yeah. you know, getting people on board. 
but that's joining part of the team. But not only that, we're teaming up with Ultrabet, big shout out to Ultrabet, just to generate some sort of income. Because podcasts, you don't make money in podcasts. Yeah. Unless you find the algorithms and do stupid shit out in public with the cameras and yeah, yeah, yeah. those blokes. But with their sort of money, then we can like distribute it as well. Yeah. So this is me playing with podcasts. Like get it in, get those sponsorship monies from each and other directions. I'm putting out consistent content and it's flashing. Everyone's always their brandies ever. But I don't need to make money off this. I need to take it. And then I can like invest it. Yeah, like you and like that. And then next minute, AG sees on the back of your shirt as well. See, that's so awesome. Next minute, people are worn. And then that's it. Because I I remember like just going, when I was like went back to rugby league, I was living at Calandra on the Sunshine Coast, driving to Noosa to render all day. Like put a ton of render through my shoulders, driving back to Calandra, getting this stuff, and then driving to Redcliffe. To go train. That's a big day every yeah, single day. And then I'd go home, I'd get home by 10 or something like that, go to sleep, go to work. And I just remember, this is so, I don't forget. And I just, you know, you can pinpoint the people who are like, like yourself who've got that laser eye focus. That possessions don't mean anything yeah. to you right now, I can tell. But that funding is not play funding. It's funding so you can achieve your goal. Exactly. Whatever it is, it's like that helps me be able to just completely fully immerse myself and dedicate solely into that. As yeah. you said, like working and training, it doesn't, it doesn't go together. No. You know, you're pretty much training all day by doing that. Yeah. You know, like you rock up to your Arvo session, cook, don't yeah. you? Like it makes you just not put in a little to, bit less. And yeah. it's compounds and compounds. The boys used to look at me and they're, they're all like shoulder pressing, you know, 25s, 30s and that. And I'm over there with seven and a half. Six. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, what's going on with you? I was like, boys, you don't understand. Like, I just put a tongue. Through my body. I've been pretty much doing this all day. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I'm going to do it again tomorrow. Yeah. Like, I just should have chosen a different industry. It makes it tough, but like it's... Well, I've got no shoulder now. So no, yeah, yeah. I, I was a surfer, rugby league player, and a renderer. Over so, you, so... Oh, man. My left is cool. And then I decided to go to boxing after I retired. From yeah, there you go. I'm not the smartest when it comes to <laughs> decision-making. Imagine not being me, like, in a many years. Just that continuous just rolling with yeah, your shoulders, yeah. like, you know. That's why it's so catches up at some point. Huh? Mate, I remember sitting in the sheds coming for a bloke's position and I did my shoulder. He's like, you know, you look after that, you know, make sure you take enough time to do your recovery. Like, Shut up, old man, I'm coming for your spot. You know, lo and behold, towards that kind of degree, I'm like looking at the kids going, oh, look, you got to look after that. Yeah, man. yeah. And they go, same, same yeah, thing. Yeah, shut up, old man, I'm coming. I was like, oh, that's what it feels like. But, mate, it, it pays dividends. So, yeah, keep at it. But yeah, this is once again, mate, just big share. And if, if anyone wants to jump on the back of him as well, mate, you know, we've got amazing responses and stuff like that. But we'll give you a plug everywhere. Yeah, thanks, you know, mate. Try and get as many people as we know. And that's what this is about building a community, building a community that people trust the Any Given Chance podcast. You know? Yeah, it's awesome. They trust it in bringing out people's stories and, and trust, you know, that we'll do it the right way as well so yeah because you haven't ever seen that really on any other podcast and that so i think it's really awesome the way you got about it and that so yeah and like to catch on and, and our goal is like i said here at the beginning do 100 and, and it's yeah. everybody everyone and we're on the gold coast everybody's got a story on the gold coast yeah, they do it doesn't matter if it's like the meter mates like down yeah. there they've got a story how to come to the gold coast and end up being a meter mate i guarantee it'll be unbelievable oh, so. it's all interesting in their own way hey yeah, like yeah. it'd be cool to just get like a Matthew, check with say, I want to get this person, that yeah. person, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, right. well, we're working on it. It'll be good. Mate, I guess we'll wrap it up there. We've been going up about an hour now. This is a four, five, six, 17 part series for you as well, mate. So <laughs> we want to, awesome. the people want to stick with your journey. 
I'll be on your fly as soon as these uh, races start as yeah. well. On the tour and go to go. Thanks, Dave. Promote you doing all that. But also just just seeing what you're choosing, you know, seeing the hiccups, you know, getting a comment, mate, how are you going this week? We'll put it out there and tell everyone because, you know, if they can follow your lead in, you know, training and, and that dedication and everything like that, I guarantee everyone's life will get better. We get stuck in ruts so much. Yeah. You know, just that rut. And, you know, watching someone like you on a weekend, like you said, up this point, it pulls you up. Yeah. If I see you run, get a win. I was just the environment down those beaches, you know, being around it all is just, it's uplifting. You know, as you said about this with the podcast, you know, it's also the same thing. You're like shutting that really good stuff that's uplifting yeah. as well, it gives you that much energy. And being around like that all the time is just, it's so good for you. And I guarantee, like the next day, after watching that, I'm saying, like, I'd be young. There's no way I'm not missing a training session yeah. the next day. So. Hey, um, Fitting Boy, thank you so much for being Thanks on today. Thank you that. Uh, really love being on in. Yeah, stay, and I'll see you all soon. Guys, um, as always, like, share, subscribe. This is how we grow. You've got to hit that button. You've got to get it out to your family and friends. And, of course, if you know anyone, good story, or I miss it, send them through. That's what we're here for. So, all right, I'll see you all soon. Woo! Wow, that was the Any Given Chance podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Now, if you want to see some more action, head over to our socials and give us a like, share, and subscribe. We're on YouTube at the Any Given Chance podcast and on Instagram and TikTok at Any Given Chance. And if you can hit share and subscribe, much appreciated as we grow. Plus, we're always looking for new guests. So if you know someone in the midst of a battling good little bit of adversity or someone who's been successful, message us direct. We always check out inbox. And of course, if you want to check out old episodes, repurposed ones, you can jump over to our website, which is anygivenchancepodcast.org. Thanks for joining us once again. I'm your host, 3AM365, Matty Menion. No days off, no excuses, and I can't wait to catch you on the next one.